your Hollywood radio show for personal development powered by Island City and broadcast from Dash Radio Studios, Hollywood, California, where we are featuring Brother Sam Fonseca, who's a franchisee and also executives with Dave's Hot Chicken in SoCal. And we'll be moving into the Western Phoenix area soon. This guy's journey is phenomenal. He is a champion. He's got the people equation down and he's been very successful both with the in and out brand in terms of these QSRs, quick, quick service restaurants, right? Um, is uh, in and out Raising Cane's and now Dave's Hot Chicken. It is a story you do not want to miss. Get your notebooks ready and ready to take notes and let's level up here on the Coach V Show. That's all I have for now. Thank you for tuning into this episode. And now a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Offering for your consideration through our interviews and insights from our featured guests, success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons, should you find value in them, that you subscribe to it and deploy it all over your life, leadership and business. Today, here on the Coach V Show, we are featuring Brother Sam Fonseca. Sam has had a leadership role with many great companies and success always follows him due to his passion for the industry. Sam has been in the restaurant industry for almost three decades and is passionate about serving and developing his teams. At In-N-Out, Sam was promoted to district manager after being a GM at their highest volume stores at Raising Cane's. Sam was again promoted from general manager at their highest volume location. He led the entire company in sales uh, as a GM, selling over $12 million per year while also developing 14 internal managers that same year. As an area leader, his restaurants had the highest weekly sales of over $1.25 million per week, million with an M. Sam is now a partner and COO of Elevated Restaurant Groups, a licensed franchise of Dave's Hot Chicken, LLC, Sam's team at Dave's Hot Chicken owns the busiest restaurant in the entire company, located in Lakewood, California. Shout out, Lakewood. Um, and Sam just opened his second Dave's Hot uh, Chicken, Dave's Hot Chicken Restaurant in the Anaheim, which is the busiest restaurant in Orange County. Sam is married to his beautiful wife, Gina. He is the proud father of Woody and Alexandra. The Coach V Show is honored and blessed to have this cat come and drop some of the jewels and nuggets that he's going to here on the Coach V Show, Brother Sam Fonseca. Sam, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, Coach V. I'm humbled to be here and always great to catch up with you. Thank you. Man, so I know you're running today and you're taking time uh, on some of the most profitable to profitable times 
you know, right between 11 and 2 p.m. to come here on the Coach V Show. And I appreciate you recording this as we're airing now at 7 p.m.-ish on a Monday night. Sam, share with us, what is your genesis point? Where was Sam born? Where were you raised? Where you're from? Let's talk family and genesis point. Tell us that story, Sam. Yeah, sounds great. I uh, was born in Nicaragua, Managua, Nicaragua, Central America, uh, to uh, amazing parents, uh, Sam and Leticia Fonseca, just uh, they're my role models. And uh, they just, you know, have been there for me my entire life, obviously. And to this day, just the uh, best parents I could have asked for. I grew up in Nicaragua until I was the uh, age of eight years old. And my father, you know, he said uh, he would do business going back from Miami to Nicaragua. And then uh, one day he told us, hey, we're going to be taking a little vacation trip heading over to Miami. Couldn't wait. We're excited. We've done a couple of trips to the States and I couldn't wait to get back. So we got to Miami and I asked my dad, hey, dad, when are we heading back home? And he said, uh, we're not going back home. We, uh, this is our way to get out of communism. And uh, I'm not a communist. I love democracy. And we come to the land where we can make our beautiful dreams come true. This is, you know, what an amazing lesson to get from your parents. Right. when They said, we're going to sacrifice our native lung, uh, native tongue, where we're, we have to learn a whole new language. We will leave all of our friends. We're going to leave everything behind, everything that we owned for the sacrifice of giving our kids a great future and, and the American dream. And uh, so we came here to the States. Uh, we went to Miami. We were there. A funny story. We were there. Uh, we landed in the United States, and that same day, my aunt's like, hey, you have to get dressed up. You have to get ready. I said, for what? She said, get dressed up, and all you have to do, you're going to be a cowboy today. And uh, tonight, when you go from house to house, you just have to say trick or treat. Trick or treat. And you're, Halloween, and, and you, huh? What? And, and you're going to get candy. So I'm coming from a third world country <laughs> where – you candy is like scarce, right? So you're going from door to door and you're saying treat, right? In your best English that you possibly can pull off. To strangers. Yeah, to strangers, knocking on doors. <laughs> right. And you're getting candy. And I thought, I absolutely love America. You guys do this every <laughs> night, huh? I, what am I going to get dressed up as tomorrow, right? So it was right. awesome. That's our anniversary that we came to the beautiful United States of America on, on Halloween. And uh, we've been here ever since. And, um, you know, when we were trying to figure out where we were going to go, we moved to California. That's where, uh, you know, pretty much I've lived my entire life now. We moved into a home with uh, three other families. It was a three-bedroom home, and there was 15 people living there, 15 people. You talk about a, a daily routine of showers and bath and getting ready for next day of school. So we came from having our own home. You know, my dad had his own business in Nicaragua, and then we just, and now we're living with 15 people in a three-bedroom home, and right. um, humble beginnings, right? So we start, you know, making our American dream, and my, my dad went to go work, and he started, you know, selling cars. He's never done that in his entire life, and my mom just, whatever she could get into, and started working, and just to make an income for our family. So, you know... 
we moved from that place to an apartment from an apartment we rented a home and um real soon i realized like hey i gotta get to work i gotta right. get to work you know so if it was christmas time i would you would see me with a tree lock you right know, bringing those trees and doing as best i can to tie them up on top of a, a car and getting some tip money and handing it to my parents well, there was a newspaper route that didn't work out because we live by some hills. <laughs> so that didn't work out, you know, but whatever I could, you know, I saw uh, I, we went to a Costco back then. It was called Price Club. And we saw that, hey, you can get, you know, blow pops for a box of five dollars for a hundred. I said, Dad, right. get me. Give me that. Give me the first five dollars. You'll never have to give me five bucks ever again. Give me five bucks. You gave me five bucks. I sold them for 25 cents each had my backpack at school. I was the guy that sold the lollipops and uh, made 20 bucks profit. Right. And then that's when the entrepreneur start, you know, man, I've been an entrepreneur ever since I was, you know, 10 years old, right. you know, and just really had that passion. And I thought like, man, this is interesting. You could get a product and, you know, that's going to have some demand and you're going to make some money. And that's when, I couldn't wait to actually start working. And I started working at the age of 16 and I was the third income, third income at the house. And, and what it was, what drove me to it was a fear of, of, of that knock on the door. When somebody would come to, when your landlord would come to the house and your parents were like, Hey, don't make a noise. Wow. And, yeah. and I, and I didn't realize what was going on at the time. Right. And, you know, there was, you know, all of all the kids, the three of us at the time, um, and my parents and, and I would see this fear in my parents face. Right. Because, and I was like, what's going on? Are, are we in trouble? And he said, Hey, we don't have enough money to, to pay the rent. So I'm like, dude, I got to get to work and work is a blessing. I've been working ever since, you know, I could, and it's an absolute privilege. It's a blessing to get up work and, and to help out your family. And, um, so I said, you know what? I saw that fear in my parents' eyes of not being able to pay the rent. And uh, that fear to this day wakes me up. That I don't need an alarm clock. That fear, that hunger, and that pressure is such a privilege to have to get up and, and get to work. So, you know, when I started working, I asked my parents, hey, why, why, do, we, why do we rent? You know, what do we have to do to actually purchase? And they said, well, at that time, we need like $10,000. And I said, all right. So I went to work and I went to work at In-N-Out and uh, absolutely loved working at In-N-Out. It, right, right, right. it was amazing. You know, um, the values that were taught at home were reinforced at work. And it was just fun. It was fun to go to work and and I figured out at that time we were getting paid on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, I figured out $10,000 and I did the math and divided that by 52 weeks and came up with a dollar amount of $193 every single week. I would have to put away $193. So, you know, after a year, you know, I came to, I went up to my dad and I said, Hey, here's a uh, $10,036 been saving for 52 weeks. Let's go buy a house. And that's how we got our first house. It was and amazing and I, I just started seeing like hey you you write down your goals 
you figure out, you know, how you're going to hit those goals. And, you know, it was, it was great. So that was one of, that was absolutely one of the best things that I did in, you know, that I'm really, really proud of. And, uh, but it was because I went to work and started working in the restaurant industry, got to work for an amazing brand like In-N-Out where, man, if I could tell you I, the mentors, the people that I worked with there, how they shaped my life is just, has been amazing. And, um, you know, not only, you know, were my parents uh, a great, um, they were great role models, but these people that I was working with at In-N-Out, they were amazing. You know, people like um, Jaime Marquez, people like Luis Marchesano, people like Colvin Fleet, you know, I can go on and on. The gentleman that hired me, Rick Pendleton, you know, it, that was amazing. You know, I remember, I'm going to put up my, I know you're going to love this, my, my Raider Nation cup here. I remember one day uh, I was making a shake at In-N-Out, right? Mid-shake, finished it, was about to hand it to a customer. And then Rick, my general manager, grabbed my hand and said, hey, pull that back in. And I was shocked. You know, I'm looking at him. I have a customer right in front of me. He goes, hey, you have some strawberry syrup going down here. I know you take pride in your work. And I know your parents raise you with pride. And I'm going to reinforce that. Bring that cup back in. Clean it up. Make sure it's presentable. Then you can hand it to the customer. My mouth was like dropped, right? Couldn't believe it. And this is going back all the way to 1994, right? Wow. And still, yeah. still in here, right? He told me on my first day at In-N-Out, the handshake of the host is more important than the taste of the roast. Say, say it with me, Sammy. The handshake of the host is more important than the taste of the roast. And what does that mean? He's like, hey, we have great burgers here. Okay, people are going to love us. They've been coming here since 1948. But what I'm here to tell you is it's all about service, how you take care of the people that come in here. And, um, you know, as a young kid, man, it's so impactful to work with. You know, if somebody tells me like, hey, your first job, you're not going to be impacted that much. Gosh, I can argue all day. Because if you have the right general manager, at, you know, at your first job, the first, your first coach, right? You have some great people, man. It's just, it, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing to right. work with these people. So I've been in, you know, this is the, what I absolutely love to do. I've been in the restaurant industry from, um, from there on, just kept moving up. And at the same time, while I was attending Cal Poly Pomona, I was getting, you know, a degree in operations management. And without the focus and service, but I was getting a second degree at In-N-Out Burger and on leadership. You know, my one of my first bosses, Cam No, gave me a book on leadership. You're going to school. I'm going to Cal Poly Pomona. I'm reading all kinds of books and all kinds of subjects. Then somebody else gives me an, another book, and I thought, oh, another book to read. But then he gave me this book on leadership. I've never read anything on leadership. I couldn't put the thing down. It was, it was juice. Like every single page, it just spoke to me, right? It reminded me of my grandma, her as a leader in, in our family. It reminded me of my father, my parents, 
great people I looked up to and people that I wanted to become and the, and the individual that I wanted to become. So, you know, that was just a, a great, you know, great time for me. I learned a lot, um, made some mistakes, man, made some mistakes, got too big for, for, for my britches. I started thinking like I was unstoppable. God had to humble me a whole lot. And one of the amazing lessons, you know, sometimes you grow up and you think you're, uh, I can do anything. And then God slaps you and goes, Hey, I can take it away. If you're, if you're not humble, I will take it away. And, um, and, but there's a passion. There's a passion of falling forward. You get up, dust yourself off, get back on it and get back on it and go, what did I learn? How got, how, how did that make me a better person and a better leader? And, you know, what, what can I do to help others so they don't fall into that pitfall? So it, it's been, it's been awesome. And uh, now working, you know, my dad always told me you work hard enough, you know, one day you're going to be an owner. And uh, that's, you know, I think a couple of years ago, I reached out to you. We, we started talking about this opportunity of becoming a franchisee and a partner in, the, in this business with Dave's hot chicken. I was working at Raising Cane's at the time, you know, things are going great. Another, another great company in Raising Cane's has an amazing story, has an amazing uh founder and owner and, and Todd Graves. I thought I was going to retire there. And, um, and this opportunity came, came to be, and, um, you know, I, you and I have talked about this a whole lot and, you know, you said like, Hey, Sam, if you're a great leader and you've done well, make sure that you leave on the, on a high note, do well. And if things don't turn out, you can always go back, but you got to believe, you got to believe and you got to jump. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, in this, in this book that I, I read, um, he talks about that. He talks about like the jungle, the jungle of the unknown, right? Um, and you have to go through this jungle of the unknown to see what's, what's on the other side. And if it's, I mean, if it's better, bigger, if your dream is going to explode, are you scared of the jungle? Or are you going to go in there with fear? Or are you going to go in there with tenacity, Right. And you and I, we talked to them and you said, Hey, you got to go into that jungle with tenacity. You got to go in there with a hunger that you're going to succeed. And there's, there's, that's it. This is for your life, for your family, for your generations to come, where you're going to make a bigger impact as an owner. And uh, it's been two years and I can't tell you, you know, smiling from year to year, hearts full of joy um, all those challenges and all the challenges along the way have just been absolute blessing. So, you know, thank you very much for your great mentorship and leadership and, and helping me make one of the best decisions in my life for my family. All you, it's all Appreciate you, you. And, and your family, Sam, all you and your family. So, so let's unpack all that. Let, let, let's start with uh, ending up in Miami for people that are brand new here that are searching for the American dream. And my family and I just got off a cruise a few weeks ago where for the first time we went out of Galveston, we were down in um, uh, Mahogany Bay, Honduras. And then we were from there, we're in Belize and we were in Cozumel, never been in that area. Um, and it is freaking tropical and amazing. But talk about to the people that are watching that just got here. 
hey, this is what can happen or what is what is a word or a phrase or a life lesson that you would take from your immigrant American dream achieving experience to them? What would that be, Sam? Perseverance. Perseverance and establishing those goals. And you have something when you come from a place that doesn't have much and 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 that should provide a fire in your belly to to go get more and and, and mm-hmm. to accomplish your american dream you know the you know when you come to this beautiful country with so many opportunities so many opportunities there's it, it, it's incredible how many opportunities but you got to want it you have to have this this hunger that nobody's going to give it to you you mm-hmm. have to go out there and, and get it. You, you've got to drive. Uh, hey, uh, you know, I, one thing I didn't mention is when I came out of high school, right? Graduated out of high school with a 2.87 GPA, right? I was a class clown. I love having fun, right? Um, I didn't pay for high school. High school was paid for by the state of California. We got to Cal Poly Pomona and um, I did not get in because they said, hey, you don't have citizenship. And, you know, I, I'm just like, wait, wait a minute. This is going to be taken away from me, my, my education. And I fought and I worked hard and somehow or another, miraculously, those doors opened up. I prayed every single night what I can come up with. How can I get my documents correct? And I went to the school and I think they saw how much I wanted it. But again, the lesson behind that is, Hey, if it would have been easy, maybe I, I wouldn't have done so well. Here's a guy that did 2.87 GPA in high school. When I got to college, I was knocking out a 4.0 every single, every single you know, quarter at Cal Poly Bomonic because I said, hey, God told me, hey, I can take this away from you. If you come mm-hmm. in here and you try to be a class clown at Cal Poly Bomonic, there's no room here for that. And now I had to pay for that, right? My parents didn't have enough money to pay for it. So I had to work 50 hours a week at In-N-Out Burger to pay for my school. Once you pay for your own stuff, and it's not the state of California paying for it, and you got to pay for it, there's no way in hell I was going to walk out of there with a 2.87 GPA. And it taught me about prioritizing. It taught me, you know, my mom would have to help me out back in the day, getting an electronic, you know, typewriter, typing out my papers while I was in high school. When you go away to college, hey, you have to learn real fast here. If you want this, you better step up to the plate and really develop some skills that you probably didn't have before. So all this stuff that, you know, all these lessons coming up and and, and finding it to be a struggle to get into college and, and, you know, being having the privilege to get into college, having the privilege to do well in that, that those were, you know, those are some lessons along the way here that taught me a lot about perseverance. So I think the biggest word that I could say is perseverance. There's going to be a lot of doors that are going to close for you. And if a door closes on you and you go, Hey, I I tried. No, man, you got to go back and kick that door, kick that damn door. Get in there, find a way to get in there. Find a way to get into that school. Find a way, once you're now in that room, to just absolutely, really 
go in there and don't go in there timid. Go in there with the perseverance that, hey, I got in here for a reason and I'm going to make the most out of it. Right. Um, so that's what I've been, you know, able to do where, where at places that I work and also at school. Really, that's a, I think the biggest one is perseverance. When somebody says no, you got to find ways to, to knock out that no and and uh, and, and get through, get through. You know, yeah, you yeah. talked a little, you talked a little bit about my my work history, right? Well, when I was coming up, I was going Cal Poly, Colorado, I was working in and out, and um, I was working with this uh, manager, and this manager he thought differently than than myself, and he uh, he asked me, his name was Mike, I'll never forget it. He asked me, hey Sammy, what do you want to do with in and out? I said I want to be a, a district manager, and he goes, how many people do you think work right now at in and out? I said, I don't know. He's like, there's about 10,000 people that work at NNO. He's like, do you know how many district managers are there right now? I said, I, I don't know. He's like, at the time, there was 12. He's like, 10,000 people, Sammy. And you think you're going to be one of those 12? And then I thought, started thinking like, oh, never heard that before. Right? But I remember when my dad told me like, hey, there's some there's going to be some people that try to infiltrate this and this. You got to keep that out. When somebody goes, it's all about politics or it's about this or that, or, or what makes you think that you can do it? He's like, Hey, that's like a virus attacking your soul, your spirit, knock that out. But I remember that. I said, Hey, cool. Uh, I'm going to get in that room. I'm going to get in that room. I'm going to work my hardest out. I don't know what those 12 people did to get into that room, but I'm going to, I'm going to get into that room. And, um, you know, along the way, people have always, you know, have, there's some great people that walk into your life. And then there's also some people that actually try to infiltrate your, your spirit, your, your tenacity, your hunger to, to move up and go, good luck with that. That's, that might not happen. Right. So, um, be really careful of the people that, you know, that you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with those people that would say no, you're going to start believing it. But if you surround yourself with people like, you know, the great people that I mentioned before, like the Hymans of the world, the Calls of the world, the Tommy Van Wilson of the world, the Cheryls of the world, of the, of the world those people are going to help you. And they're, they're going to go, hey, let me help you. Let me help you get there. And um, that's who I try to surround myself with and and try now to to be part of the folks that, are inspiring the other young folks that are coming up. That's awesome. I love that perseverance and be around and choose the right relationships. I love that. You you also mentioned with a very powerful example of uh, coming up with the money that you guys needed for a down payment for a house. Uh, how important were goals uh, for those people that are watching that continue to hit mediocrity or not achieving or experiencing life the way they want? How has goals helped you to experience and achieve the success, dreams, hopes, and aspirations in your life, leadership, and business, Sam? You know, we did this exercise one time where um, we were handed a notepad, right? And um, at the time, I, I was probably about 19, 20 years old. Everybody got a notepad that went to this meeting. So we got a blank notepad and we got a pen. And uh, the person that was leading this, this meeting, his name is Tom Moon. And he said, hey, write down 
all your dreams, all, all your goals that you want to accomplish in life. Write them all down. And then write down how many years you think you can accomplish all these, all these goals. And when I look back at what, was, what we wrote down on that piece of paper, what I wrote down on that piece of paper, and how miraculously those goals I hit, not all of them, uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was a majority of them. And what that taught me is like, man, that pen to paper and putting those things down and really thinking, and he gave us some time during this meeting, hey, reflect, think about it. How long? How long is it going to take you to do this? How long is it going to take you to do this? And how many years do you want to do that? Man, that exercise really, it worked. So you saw, you know, when you put down a, a goal, whether it's a financial goal or whatever it is a goal to accomplish, to get to a certain position or what, what have you. you, you set that goal and then you start thinking like, I need to reverse engineer it. And how can I accomplish this and break it down per quarter, per month, per week, per day? And then just start hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And um, so that's what's been very helpful is that I had some, again, great people that we did some, some, uh, some goal setting and they worked. And it, it was no magic. It was, it's called hard work and really planning that out. So um, some great people came into my life that uh, put some, systems in place that have helped me out and have helped me uh, accomplish some of these goals. That's awesome. Especially, I mean, who can hit what they don't see or focus on, right? Right, Sam? And so right. for all of the people that are out there that think that just writing your goals down is something that's going to magically make stuff happen, and no, it doesn't work like that either. But it allows you to be less distracted and more focused to prioritize the things that are necessary to achieve those goals. True or not true? And what are your final thoughts on that before we move on, Brother Sam? Absolutely. I've been able to hit my goals because I establish the goals and I work at it every single day and uh, surround myself around great people. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. So uh, did you meet Kaleni uh, during your in and out days? I did. Yeah, so 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 talk about that because I think I think I mean there are there's haters for everything and when I'm in Texas they're like we we don't like in and out here there's in and out now in Houston or um, in parts of Arizona it has really branched out um, but here there, there's a there's such a a mystique to the brand and I love the brand and and I. And I work for Jack in the Box and my Jack in the Box mm -hmm. family, and they know I mm -hmm. love I love the ultimate cheeseburger, mm -hmm. you know, extra mm -hmm. mayo with some onions added. Um, but I also love the double double man. Um, I think the meat patty is not at, at a certain level, but the combination of the double double with the sauce, and, and now they give chili peppers out. I mean, come on, Sam. For those of us that are just just from the outside look about what what a simple menu, the colors are red and white, uh, very clean, very effective and efficient. Price point is still verily uh, in, in a in a day and age where right now inflation is out out of the roof. Um, it's one of the most most cost effective places for my my kid my kids my and my wife and I. There's there's only four of us. 
And it's still the cheapest place for us to go for fast food is very, you know, talk about the mystique and meeting people like Kaleni. Shout out to Kaleni Suliafu who introduced us. Yes. And then talk about just that culture before we move into Raising Cane yeah. and then where you are now, please. Yeah. The, the, um, so Kalini, when I first started, um, he was my assistant manager. Okay. So Kalini, this is an also now he, he's a brother of mine now, right? He right. he is not only a mentor, but a brother. And, and we've had this relationship going almost, you know, 30 years now. When I would come into work and I would, would rush from Cal Poly Mona, get to Pasadena, start working, you know, wash my hands, get inside, about to start working. He would say hi and he'd be like, hey, man, how was school? How was school today? And genuinely cared about me as a person, as a You're student, right. as, as a young kid, you know, and that was amazing. And, and what he did is, he would ask me more about school than sometimes my parents because I, I probably wouldn't see my parents because I was working, going to school, but I can always count on him on being that big brother, being, you know, he, he was such a smiling individual, like this kind, gentle giant, right? Yeah. And, he, and he, he also has the same bond and connection to his family that I do right yeah, so yeah. when when he would talk about his parents when he would talk about their struggles and what they had to do to overcome and like man I, I saw someone in him that I, I really looked up to and still look up to this day so you know but that was you know in and out it was it's all about people right so notice I haven't talked about the product the product's fantastic, yeah, yeah 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 right and if you're in Texas, I get it. Whataburger is your baby. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Right? right, yeah. Right. So, but but for us in Southern California, it's a special place for us, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a it's a special place for us, right? And um, but the product is outstanding. But you know what the Snyder family has done is it's not just it's not a, a burger business. It, it's a people business, and they've they've always really have done a fantastic job of just taking care of their folks. So. You know, when I was coming up, shoot, minimum wage down over 15 bucks, right, here in California. Well, when I was coming up, it was 425 minimum wage. Right. But then I was at $6. And what that taught me was, like, hey, I'm willing to give you more, but I'm looking for an all-star, right? Yeah, I, went yeah. to, I went to eight different interviews, eight different locations, and seven of them said, no, no, we're not hiring. We're not hiring. Interviewed me. I didn't get past the first interview. Man, could, I couldn't get into any of them. They would ask me, do you know somebody that works here? I said, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm sorry. It's not going to work out. Uh, do you play any sports? And I said, no, I don't play any sports. And then he's like, all right, well, no, it's not going to work out until this guy, Rick Pendleton, gave me the opportunity over in, in, in Pasadena. And I started working with Kalini. And it was just awesome. But it, it, it's all about people. Like this whole time that I've been talking about in and out, uh, you know, I just brought up minimum wage, but I, I, they pay their folks better. They treat them with respect. They treat them. There's there's love in there, right? And it, it, it's like it's like joining the Patriots. It's a system. It's a system. It's a system. Coming you, from you a Raiders remember, guy. Coming from coming a Raiders, from a Raiders guy. guy right? And you know, you know that hurts. <laughs> Bill Bill Belichick, what he's done in his Patriot way, and and how um, his you know, key players are the ones that, hey, take care of business. And he might be a coach, right? But 
He just runs a certain system, and that, that's in and out in and out has this system that they've been around since 1948. So we're talking about, you know, 70-plus years now. And every year they get better. They get better. They get better. I remember the Snyder family saying, like, every year we want to we want to uh, have a better package for our leaders. Our general managers are the most important people in the business because they run every single restaurant, right? So um, it, it was all about people. And, and man, I, I met some amazing people that have really shaped who I am to this day, right? So, and, and some of these folks here, I can think of one in particular in Jaime, and he, man, every single time he came in, he wanted more. He wanted more. He wanted more. And I, I thought I was kicking butt. And, you know, one day I told him, I, I asked him, hey, how many, is there going to be a day that you come in here and say, it looks perfect and just leave? Right, and, right. Then he, and then he, I could see fumes like coming out of his ears. And he said, tell you what, if that's what you need from me, I'll do it. But if you want to move up and you want to keep being, uh, even have more restaurants and you want to be the leader that I know you want me to be, that you want to be, you don't want that, Sammy. You want me to come in here and expect more from you every single day. Even if you're an all-star, I'm still going to find things to get you. So you tell me, do you want me to treat you like an all-star and keep expecting more from you? Or should I just be satisfied? You let me know. So the next time I visit you, you tell me what you want. And he left. And uh, I'm like, damn, I disappointed him. I call him, back <laughs> the, I call him back the next day. We had a lot of callbacks from the next day because sometimes my damn ego just got in the way, got in the way of me learning, right? I thought I was hot crap. And, and that, that ego got in the way. And, but the next day when I was driving, I was like, Hey, Jaime, um, you remember that conversation we had yesterday? He's like, yeah, I sure do. I said, no, I, I don't want you to tell me that everything's perfect. I, I want you to be hard on me. He's like, sounds good. I'll see you later. And, um, and he, <laughs> to this day, he's retired. He's still, he still is hard on me. And, you know, when we go golfing, we went golfing sometime last year. He beat me up and on the golf course. <laughs> and he was just a great leader, right? And he's always expecting more. So, uh can, it's all about people. And that was just about people. It was about leadership. It was about systems. It was about never being satisfied. It was, it's never clean enough. It's never, uh, the quality is never good enough. It, it can be better. And, and the way that you folded the cheese on that burger could have been better. And is that a smiling burger? Look at it. Is that a perfect 10? Uh, and you thought like, man, you can't even mess up this burger. Yes, you can, Sam. You can, you can make it better. And it was, you know, it was just an amazing, amazing time for me. So yeah, that was and, that's, and, and from my experience, whether that's high school championships, um, junior college championships, winning at the division two football level, non-scholarship UC Davis, where, I mean, we lost four games in two years there in junior college, we lost two to three games, Ganesha high school cha league championship after league championship. That's the, that's the deal with championship organizations, that they're never satisfied and it's never good enough. That shit grinds people differently. Some mm -hmm. people 
um, are like, okay, I'm ready to meet that challenge. And they refresh themselves every day and come in anew, ready for the new challenge or to get better. Other people carry it where it, it breaks them. It overwhelms them. Come on, come on, Sam. Am I talking real mm -hmm. talk? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because you, because most people want to hear, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I think great leaders for today's, um, today's labor market and people that come in from the market and the laboring force, they need to be encouraged. Not real talk like us. Like you and I could have behind me tell us some bullshit on like and, and be negative, and we would freaking we would rise to the occasion and respond. Come on, come on. Mm -hmm. Come on, Sam. Yep. This day and age, people quit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's a way to win hearts and minds. But that's one of the toughest things. And I, I'll leave you the last note on that. One of the toughest things of being ultra successful for a consist consistent period of time is this never satisfied notion and that it's never good enough. And And kids that in championship programs I'd be a part of, they're like, come on, coach. I mean, you're hard on me for this as if you know, we lost the game, but that's not the point. The point is replicable steps, actions, and disciplines that replicate success. And if it's not to that standard, then we're going to call you on it. Whether we win the game, meet the quotas, meet our achievement goals or not. I mean, that really can grind people. True or not true, mm -hmm. Sam? And what's your final thoughts on that? Absolutely. You know, uh, either... You hire right or you manage tough, right? That's right. So say that again, That's Sam. It. Say that again. E either you hire right or you manage tough. I absolutely dislike managing. I hate managing. I love leading. I love coaching. So then that means I have to figure out, I know what a player looks like for, for my team. Yes, I sir. know yes, I know sir. what they look like. I know how they act. I, 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 I'm a passionate about interviewing right so yeah. when somebody's when somebody's walking towards me if i can he hear their feet dragging not my player somebody else. <laughs> say that again say that again if, sam if if somebody comes to interview for myself i'm interviewing them when they as they're walking up as they're walking up if they're dragging their feet they're not on my team because they're foot draggers right we I, I've hired a foot dragon before, and no matter how much you motivate them, no matter what kind of environment you create, they will always drag their feet for the <laughs> rest talk. of their life. But if, if you, but if you do a fine job of detailing, like detail, really think about, like John Wooden talked about, this is the type of team that I surround myself. These are the type of players. Be quick, but don't hurry. Right? I got a chance to meet. One of the greatest coaches of all time in, 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 in Mr. Wooden. Yeah. Right? It, it, in and out, took me to this event where I got to meet Coach Wooden, right? It, and it was amazing, right? But so then that made me think like, Sam, identify the type of people that you need to be, that need to be around you. What kind of players? What, who are you looking for? And now, uh, since, you know, I do the hiring at, you know, since I was coming up at different locations, that's what I'm looking for. I don't, I'm not looking for your past experiences on a resume. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at future potential. That's 
That's where the money's at. Not on what you did five years ago or 10 years ago or with this brand or with that brand. I want to see what's your future potential? Where's that at? Right. So when you talked about, you know, that it's going to be hard for you to move these folks. And, and, and for some people, it's going to be it's going to be a grind. It's going to be stressful. So I'm trying my hardest to keep learning and keep growing as a leader to identify key questions when I'm interviewing somebody to find out, is this the right person? I'm not going to bat a thousand. I'm not going to hide. I'm, there's going to be some folks that, man, Sam, I own it. And now I have to manage stuff. Right. But for the most part, I'm very, this is one of the things that I'm, uh, I feel really great about is that I've had great people teach me the Kalinis, uh, you know, folks throughout my history that they taught me how to interview and taught me some key traits that I look for in my players that I surround myself with. And, you know, you talked about my bio. Hey, uh, there's no way in hell I can be the busiest, one of the busiest locations in Southern California or in all of California for In-N-Out Burger, the busiest location for Raising Cane's, the busiest location now for Dave's Hot Chicken. I can't do that, but I try to surround myself with people and those players that are going to, that have helped me continue to fix that recipe for success, that recipe. I need to find the players that are going to match my system. The same way that Bilicek finds the players that match his system, the same play, the, just like you guys did at, at Boise State. You guys found players to fit that, right? That can make that happen. That, that's what I strive to do still to this day, even as a partner, even as a COO. Man, I was right there with, with shoulder to shoulder with, with my restaurant leader interviewing folks and going like, hey, tell me what you think. Do they fit our system? Is this person, person going to help us increase sales? Every decision we make, we're either build cells or hurt cells. We hire this person. Is that person going to build cells? Okay. So that's, that's what I uh, think about is when you talk about that, like for some people, it's going to bring a grind or some people, it's going to be fun. I got to yeah. find, I got to find those folks that are going to have fun with us. I love that. You've actually, since coaching you have really impacted the curriculum. It is that I coach, teach and trains corporately. I mean, I just hit up, uh, I was with Dunkin' Donuts um, in Las Vegas last month. I was with uh, Jack in the Box National um, Franchise Association in Waikiki Hilton Village. I'm going to be with the ADP group now um, that's in payroll services in the air, HR. And it re you really impacted how I approach people, even from being a recruiting coordinator at a championship level organization and team like Boise State, which was just an amazing experience how we did hit and we were batting, you know, 885 to 85, 850, 900 in terms of our recruiting. But an orientation, like that's part of my coaching now is hiring, orienting, training, developing, advancing, appreciating, right? So I have a whole curriculum now that's that's written down and the orienting comes from you. And every time I brought it up to any of the CEOs or anybody that I worked with, I said, hey, I got this guy, Sam Fonseca, plus bragging about you every time I'm in the food industry. I'm about the, how, how many transactions? It was like $6 and something cents uh, per at transaction. The, at Raising Cane's? Raising Cane's. 
It was $8.53. $8.53 that for two years in a row <laughs> equated to 12 mil. True or not true, Sam? 1.4 million customers per year. Per year. I mean, crazy, right? But then like this whole orienting, you talk to me and if you could take about two minutes because we're starting, sure. the ticker's starting to roll here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you told me the story is like when, when I have a person come in for the first time, as the manager of that store in that location, I would spend the day with them and orient them, not just about mm -hmm. task, you know, uh, not just task orientation, sequence and protocols, procedures for the company and preparation of the food. Right. But as the person that they are with this vision of what we are, the culture, expectations. Man, that session where I was coaching you, I learned so much uh, from you in that session, just talking about orienting. Talk about that in your hiring process, please, Sam. Definitely. So we talked about before orientation, we're doing the interviewing, the selecting of your players, and then the orientation. Yes, sir. Uh, fantastic. The orientation is the most important day for anybody, whether it's my wife starting a new job, right? or whether it's a 16-year-old kid, first job, or somebody that's worked in the restaurant industry for years, a new manager that comes to work with you, you have to show them the basics and be brilliant at the basics. And when they see you doing it, there's a level of connection there that mm -hmm. is just, it, 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 you know, you go hand in hand and you go like, I learned from, bam, whether it was an owner or I learned from the leader of the restaurant so it was really, really impactful, right? So your orientation, you know, you could have a horrible orientation. My wife, for a short amount of time, a couple of days, worked at this place, right? Real quick here. She worked at this place and they did um, parts to submarines. And she had to sign this thing where it was very secretive. It's for, you know, making submarine parts for, for the armed forces. So I couldn't wait for her to come home. And tell me about her orientation. I was I just remember this story. Couldn't yeah. wait. Couldn't wait. So I asked her, like, you don't have to go into detail. I know you can't tell me anything, but how was your orientation? She's like, Oh, yeah. Um, my orientation was I walked into the office, they walked me over to the air conditioner, and they told me nobody touches the air conditioner, just the owner. He turns it on whenever he's hot to the whole building, and he turns it off whenever he's cold. Don't touch that. Right. And that right. was and that was her orientation. So she's like, and I said, babe, quit, 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 quit. Wrong place, wrong place, wrong place, wrong place. <laughs> right. wrong place. Abort, right. abort, abort, abort that submarine. Right. But when you have an orientation and you have a well thought orientation, you get these kids fired up. Let me tell you, we just opened up a Dave's Hot Chicken in Anaheim, right? Yeah. I'm looking at all these smiling faces. This is when they're at their best. They're excited. They're going into a new job. And these are all loved ones. We hired 48 people for this restaurant. But I didn't hire 48 people. We hired 48 families. Because that one person is going to impact their whole, a whole family. The way that I lead, the way that my GMs lead that one individual, they're going to have an impact for the whole family. Right. So we hired 48 families when we hired at that restaurant. Then I asked everybody, I said, hey. How are you going to be a sales builder? How are you going to write your own check? Because the busier we are, right, the more hours you're going to get. 
So think about it for a second and tell me how you're going to build cells, right? So they think about it and look, these are 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids, 20-year-old kids. And now I'm asking them, how are you going to be a sales builder? Yeah. So they're like, and then Sky raises her hand and uh, she goes, "Um, I think I have an idea. And I said, go ahead, Sky." And she said, hey, um, I'm part of this car club and, you know, we have a pretty big following on Instagram. And um, do you think I can invite them here at night and we can all hang out and we'll clean up after ourselves? And I said, sure, sure. Sounds good. Right. So grand opening day, she invites this car club and we're thinking, all right, we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. She shut it down. The parking lot was full. We saw these cars driving up. And then Sahar, one of my general managers, looks at me and she goes, it's happening, Sam. And I said, what, what's going on right now? She's like, Sky brought all these people out here. And she asked me again just last week, hey, and we have these folks here. You wouldn't believe it. I'll shoot you the video. Cars everywhere. People everywhere coming in, lying out the door at 12 o'clock, midnight, right? So what that taught me is like, if you don't have high expectations from your team, you're right. They're not going to be, they're not going to meet your expectations. But if you set really high expectations and you go now, Hey, I need for you to be a sales builder. Even if you're a 17 year old, how are you going to build our sales? Man, Sky has knocked it out of the park. Louis goes in there. One of our other employees, he's taking pictures of the restaurant, posting on his social media, talking to his friends, asking Alexio, if you looked up at Yelp for Anaheim Davis Hot Chicken, Alexio is all over that place. He owns our Yelp. Amazing customer service, right? He owns it. He sent me a picture and he goes, hey, we're at five stars on Yelp. Yeah. This is a, this is a 17-year-old kid going to high school. He's letting the owner know, hey, just want to let you know we already hit five stars. So when when your team owns it, that that's a uh, that's when you know you you've gone to a new level because it's not the coach talking about Yelp. It's not the coach trying to figure out how to build sales. It's your own team. Once you get to that level, man, and we've been really, really fortunate because we did a great job selecting people. We didn't hit a thousand. We, I'll never hit a thousand. Right. There's going to be some one offs and you're like, OK, what did we learn from that? But yeah. then. You also raise their expectation and go like, hey, write your own paycheck. Write your own paycheck. Do you think Sky gets a good amount of hours? You bet she does. She's she's writing her own paycheck, right? She's she's bringing the business over. Alexio, do you think he has to worry about hours? Absolutely not. Because I know without Alexio, that's my starting point guard, right? That's my starting point guard. I got to give him as as many hours as possible. I met his family, right? I met his... His mom, I met her, his dad, I met family. Like when, when you have this connection with your team, right? You have high expectations. You're going to hold them to a high standard. But also it, it's, it's really when you do the orientation and you sit down and on day one, you give them your expectations, just like Coach Wooden did for, at that time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's showing them how to take off his shoe and how to put on his socks and how to tie his shoes right. So he doesn't get blisters on the court, right? So he could continue to be out there. Man, I took all those key learnings and I took them and I said, 
I need to have an impactful orientation where my team comes out. They know Sam. They know what my vision is. They know our general managers, right? They know what the goal is. Man, some of these kids, you wouldn't believe it. They started off at $17 an hour. I took the same approach as Internet. If you want great players, got to pay well, right? Plus, they get tip allocation, right? They're knocking it out. Some of these kids are getting $19 to $20 an hour. Their first job, killing it, right? But that's one of the things that, like, if you, if you want to be great, you got to take care of your people. Yeah, right. Take care of them, right? right. So when, when we started, yeah, when we started, Dave's that that was our goal. Our goal was hire great people. I took a, a a page from your wife. Your wife is a nurse. She works four day work week. All my managers yep. work a four day work week. That's right. All my, all my managers work a four day work week, and they're knocking it out of the park. Out of our location in in Lakewood, we've been open now going on eleven months. 0% turnover in all of our management. 0% turnover. Where everybody's talking about people are going to leave you, Sam. You're not going to find good people. There's nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work at a place that sells quick service. Nobody wants to. 0% turnover in management, right? When you have that stability and that consistency, man, that, that's what leads us to be number one in sales. Because you have stability, stability, that's right? Phenomenal. That's so. phenomenal. So in that, um, we got about five minutes left. So we're going to skip the Coach V hot seat and just uh, finish off with three things. Like what's your message to the world? Take about a minute or so, please. And just and just tell us of all the experiences you have, what would be your main message to the world here on the Coach V show powered by Island City broadcast from Hollywood, California's Dash Radio Studios. And then number two is, what are the current projects you're working on? I know you're you're opening and you're the COO and you're doing all these things in terms of leadership and ownership within the brand. What are some projects that you can share? And lastly, your shout out. So let's start with what's your message to the world, Mr. Sam Fonseca? Yeah, you got to find what you're passionate about. You got to find absolutely what you're passionate about, what you want to crush in life. You got to set yourself in high standards and high goals and, and understand that sometimes you're going to fall on your face and uh, you got to be hungrier to get back up and, and do well. So you, passion, passion in what you love. If, if you love it, this is, it's a sports or for, for me. I'm not good at any sport. You can go on a golf course. You'll beat me for sure. But my, my sport is coaching and coaching young people and really, uh, develop them and be, becoming great leaders, just like somebody gave me the opportunity, right? Um, you know, our next goals are to continue to keep opening up Dave's Hot Chicken. We are going to open up 15 locations here in Southern California, another 10 out in Arizona. So, and, so start again. So you want 15 locations in SoCal that are your franchises, correct? Correct. And correct. then so right my now, how many do you I, have, Sam? My business partner and I currently have two locations open. We have nine okay. Uh, restaurants that are in the process and uh, real soon here opening up. Um, so we have from Anaheim all the way to uh, LAX, El Segundo area. So we're excited about that. And then we have 10 more coming up in, in the West Phoenix area. Um, so excited to head out to Arizona and open up some restaurants. Um, I think the biggest, 
my for myself, not only opening up restaurants is giving these folks a great opportunity to move up and and have their American dream, and uh, hopefully developing some young entrepreneurs here that are currently working for us. So there's going to be somebody out there right now that's going to be wiping down tables just like I was in 1994 working for India, and then one day being an entrepreneur having their own business. Um, I want to get more involved in making sure that as these folks are making great money, our general managers make over $100,000 a year working a four-day work week. And some of these folks are very, very young. So one of my next goals is to make sure that we really try and focus on developing them to be great at saving money, investing their money. You know, So that's one of my biggest passions that I have going on now is trying to figure out how we can help them out in, in becoming a better person, whether it's leader or how they save their money or how they invest their money. So, and for them to be future, future owners, that's a, a big, big deal for me. That's awesome. Shout outs. Who do you have to shout out here on the coach V show? Man, first of all, you know, my family, absolutely. My wife, Gina, son, Woody, Alexandra, my parents, uh, my whole family. You know, I have uh, five siblings, Samantha, Leah, Matthew, Michael, my brothers, and uh, they're, they're my rock. They're my everything. They're what I get up for every single day. So that and, uh, you know, some great people that I work with, right? So some great people that have come with me from a journey, whether it was in and out, Raising Canes, and now at Dave's, um, some great people. And uh, when I can continue to work with them and help them achieve their, their dreams. That's phenomenal, Sam. So for all of you just tuning in and that have tuned in, uh, this is one of the better, better stories and most are most articulate, articulate leaders that I've been around. Uh, he's passionate about what he does. And I'm just really grateful that you would take the time out of your busy schedule with all it is that you're doing just to come on the Coach V show here. How can people get a hold of you, whether that's to come speak to their organization and talk about what it is that you do, um, like your systems, your processes, protocols? I mean, without replicable steps and that create replicable outcomes, which you you absolutely have. Um, Thank you. How can people get a hold of you to, to answer, uh, ask any questions, get you on more podcasts, get you on more radio shows and then hire you for speaking. How, how do they do that? I think the best way is probably LinkedIn, uh, going into my LinkedIn account, um, okay. Sam Fonseca. Yep. And um, if you could help me put that tag out there, this is definitely a passion of mine. I think it's in different, uh, it can be applied in every single business, right? That's right. So that's a big one. It's it's not just a quick service. That's, a, that's my realm. That's my passion. But I think, you know, whether you're building submarines or you're, or you're building a burger or, or a chicken sandwich, it's about people, how you develop those people. And, and uh, I'm very, very passionate about that. So that's um, awesome, Sam. And I'll do, I'll do that too for everybody that's uh, on here that wants to get a hold of Sam. You know, it's just like his first name. It's on LinkedIn, but I'll also put a link to his bio thank you. at the bottom of this description. Uh, as as we air this. And it's also going to be on as well on Spotify. So thank you, Sam, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, thank you. for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show, where iron sharpens iron. Together we rise. Powered by the Island City Media Group. Shout out to my boy Q, CEO of Island City Media Group. 
and the co-founder, COO, Brother Ammon Green, my brothers. So next time, uh, please tune in next Mono Motivation Monday here at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And for Sam and I, it's just not for the pure success, not just for success that we do shows like this or come on and try to add value to you, but really for the sake that you be your best. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything that you dream, work, and pray for can be achieved. This is how your boy Sam, your boy Coach V lives, all about faith and family, grateful for God's amazing grace. From your boy Sam Fonseca, he is the franchisee of Dave's Hot Chicken. He's also in the executive leadership group for the company and also just an amazing, good dude. And your boy, Coach V. We will see you next time on Mono Motivation Monday. Until then, one love, mad respects, live it. From your boy, Sam and Coach V, peace. Choo-hoo!